Hello and welcome to the Naptown Blues Fancast, a weekly roundup of your Annapolis Blues playing in the Mid-Atlantic Division of the NPSL. I am your host, Sam Houston, and across the way from me, all paid up now, got the good production. <laughs> Hiram Wainwright. Hiram, how you doing good, sir? I'm doing fantastic. How you doing today? Doing lovely, man. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the show on your podcast platform of choice. Please take a moment to leave a review and share with your football and friends. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Naptown Blues Pod. And for tickets, go to AnnapolisBlues.com. Excellent. We have a tradition, dare I say, an obligation here at the DU Public House Studios to have a drink in our hand throughout this show and every show. Aaron, what are we drinking today? Well, Sam <laughs> is drinking a Bloody Mary, if you will. Uh, the Bloody Mary features a uh, Hala Salvadelli pickled flavored vodka uh, alongside with Old Bay's. That's right. Old Bay's Bloody Mary mix. Excellent. Well, it's noon on a Sunday. There are two options to be drinking. You are drinking mimosas or bellinis of that kind of regard, you know, bubbles and juice or you are drinking vodka and tomato juice. <laughs> that is what you are drinking at noon on a su- on a Sunday. Absolutely, you know? I don't mind mimosas. <laughs> and uh, a few little just dumb things to do. So the beauty of a Bloody Mary is, honestly, you can just have a bottle of vodka and you can have a bottle of Bloody Mary mix and you're good. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all you need to do. Now, there's fun stuff you could do. There's obviously interesting garnishes and stuff. Now, in my case, I went, oh, no, I don't have anything in the fridge. Let me see what I got. <laughs> Had some radishes. Had some mango chili goat cheese and I had some tomatoes. So made a little skewer. Boom. Done. Easy. You can use like I've seen people do beef jerky and then put like a a little bit of like a one sauce over the top. In this instance, I took Old Bay hot sauce, put that around the rim and then put Old Bay on the rim as well. Pretty common for Marylanders here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You lost me when you said a one and beef jerky on the rim. So. Beef jerky instead of a celery stick. Oh, put that okay. In. But I've seen people where they take the drink and then they float just a little bit of A1 sauce, steak sauce over top of it. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's a canvas, right? You can yeah. do whatever you, oh, you want to it. You can doctor it up. You can bring it down. Personally, my opinion is always, unless you're completely making it from scratch, using your own t- tomato juice and going from there. Normally, the jarred stuff you buy, if you buy a decent jar stuff, it's going to be good. George's yeah. is good. It doesn't need to be mixed up. Uh, Old Bay, it doesn't need to. It's it's fine on its own. It really is. Yeah. Then the fun part, too, is obviously different types of vodkas you can do. I like doing citrus vodka from time to time in a um, into a Bloody Mary. It adds a little bit of brightness. Mm-hmm. Uh, this instance, this is a pick, pickle, but it's like kind of a spicy pickle. That's okay. pretty good. You can also do uh, jalapeno pepper. You know, or just a regular old vodka, you know, whatever. Again, it's a very versatile drink to make and you can add your own personality to it. Yeah. One thing I would recommend, and this goes to all cocktails in general, it's called expressing the ice. And I know this is, sounds all hipstery and I get it, but it is. So when you're making your drink and you're using a lemon or a lime squeeze, so mm-hmm. like let's say you're making a Cuba Libre, right? Rum and Coke, essentially. Yeah. Your ice you pour your rum in, take your lime, squeeze the lime over top of the ice, mm. and then pour your Coke in. This way, the lime juice is incorporated into the fullness of the drink mm. and drinks throughout the drink, as opposed to when you just get it on the side and you squeeze it on the top, you get lime in your first couple of sips, and that's it. So, 
little bartending tip for people. I'm going to try that out. <laughs> Excellent. And what else should we always do? Always remember to drink responsibly. All right. Well, executive producer Mel is sitting in with us. Uh, Carson's out on assignment this week. And uh, you had a little special mention you wanted to bring up. I do. I feel the need to give a shout out to friend of the pod, friend of ours, Matt Reese, who is the owner and designer of Black Anchor. Established in 2012 in Annapolis, Maryland, Black Anchor Originals is one of the area's top producers of custom screen printing. Born out of a love for design and the great fashion staple, the t-shirt, they strive to exceed their customers' expectations and provide great value to the community. Beyond that, the guy's so cool. His design style is awesome. And I met Matt a few years ago when they were doing the Stronger Together campaign for COVID-19. Mm -hmm. He was putting out free t-shirts, essentially, uh, right. to help out businesses. He does the same thing for a lot of charity work when Sailor... Uh, I believe he did the stuff for Sailor and Heroes. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. Uh, and I needed a sweatshirt when I was doing my first barrel of blooms, and he wouldn't let me pay for it. And it's the Annapolis Stronger Together, and I still wear that with pride. And Matt reached out, wanted to get you a uh, special shirt. And I was like, dude, you are above and beyond. So uh, once again, send all, all of your business, whatever you need, to Black Anchor Originals. That's at George Avenue on Annapolis. Find them on the internet. It's uh, B-L-K-A-N-K-R-Originals.com. And they do all the printing for the blues as well. Yeah, well, great, yep. a great sponsor for the blues. <laughs> uh, they're coming up with some incredible designs for a, a feature presentation that's happening this mm -hmm. Saturday. So be on the lookout nice. for that. His Excellent. aesthetic is just cool. Yeah. Everything he does is really cool. And he makes designs that you want to wear. And uh, the the reason why we talk about the special shirt for those of you who have met me, which, by the way, was lovely meeting a ton of people at both of the matches this week and to the crew that I went racing past to go to the restroom <laughs> and, and did not talk to uh, very much. He um, felt really bad about it. y'all. He told me about it immediately. So old, uh, old uh, gentleman of larger carriage, we will call myself, um, <laughs> has a problem with the old ticker right now when he needs to. Pete, the old ticker doesn't like him and his chest hurts a little bit. So he had to run to go to the bathroom. So, so very, very sorry. And also, Matt, just thank you very much for making a big boy shirt. You know, I like to be part of the community and I want to wear the fun stuff. But uh, a lot of times everybody goes, ah, it's a really big 2X. You'll fit into it. <laughs> I'm 400 pounds. Do you think I'm going to fit into a 2XL shirt? I'm just they have no concept. <laughs> no, it was it was such a kindness that Matt, Matt has reached out. And that's what Matt does. He is a kind, giving soul and has been such an important part of the Annapolis community on so many levels that it is a no brainer to give him all the publicity and all the shout outs because we appreciate him. Excellent. Very, very good. Well, let's go ahead and get into the action hire. I'm a little cheers here. Very good. Do you want to pretend Hiram's got one? <laughs> Water bottle. <laughs> we had a discussion about uh, how a Bloody Mary is a very polarizing drink, and uh, we now know the side of the uh, aisle that uh, Hiram is with the uh, Bloody Mary. I am one third of the population here who did not want to drink it. <laughs> <laughs> but but I do give him credit. Everything I make, he's like, yeah, sure, I'll try it. And normally that glass is empty. We had two matches on the road this week, and both were quite different. We start with a trip to Fairfax to face Northern Virginia United. 
Twas a chilly and spritzy April rain for the first official day of summer. Oh, wait. <laughs> Two minutes in the goal by Jacob Morrell already from a header in the corner. Um, He's back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a little little bit of time off there. Wasn't, wasn't getting the ball in the net. Whoop, goal. Uh, and I tell you, it was a nice little header from him. Yeah, wait, 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 wait. wait. Then, like, <laughs> six minutes later, uh, Francis Meyer uh, just slams a nice volley that bounces out from the corner. And now Blues are up 2-0. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I I was texting everybody, and I even did. I was like, ah, up one nothing. Oh, wait, up 2 nothing. <laughs> you don't understand. So I was running the Twitter that night. The quickness I had to make just to tweet that out from, like, the first goal to the next goal. It's like, all right, Jacob Morosco. Dang it. <laughs> uh, I will say that is going to be a trend because we're going to talk about it a little later in the next game. Uh, I'll tell you what, though, this did not discourage Nova one bit. Uh, Northern Virginia United came right back at us and took the game to us and end up a little mistake out of the back led to them scoring, making it two to one. Uh, Yeah, they they did have like a bit of cheapy moments but leading up to that, too. But it's definitely the theme for that game, I would say for sure. Oh, we're going to get into that. Oh, we're definitely <laughs> going to talk about that. But of course, before that, uh, Griffin Hemendinger was calling to action multiple times as the Blues weren't moving the ball as easily as they'd been used to. And here we go. Let's get right into it. Frankly, the elements, the official, and the weather all began to take over this match. It was funny. So there was a ball that's just outside of the box mm -hmm. that their keeper gathers. That's a handball. Yeah. Doesn't get called. Of course not. Jacob, not very happy about this, was very vocal about it. Five minutes later, defender gets a ball, goes to kick it away. It bounces up, barely hits his arm. Handball called. So we're all like, okay, well, that was that a makeup for the missed call? Like, because, because frankly, the penalty we got shouldn't have been a penalty. No. It really shouldn't have been. It was just a bad call. And then as the game goes on, then there's an, another penalty that we'll get to at the end of the half. And it was like, we're all sitting here in the stands going, is that a makeup for the makeup for the makeup for the makeup? It, <laughs> like was, it was so many makeup calls that game. I was just sitting there just like talking to the people near me, like the staff. And I'm like, so did that just happen or am I missing something? Yeah, it just it was just very odd. And we'll get more into the officiating as well. But. Like you, you're not downplaying what you opened this match with. It was this gentle, misty rain. Mm -hmm. It was sixty. It was sixty degrees, mind you, the on the first day of summer. <laughs> the first day of summer, and it was windy. It was very windy, and it was just like, just. <laughs> Is it bad to say that I'd rather play in the bad air quality than this game? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, at least it was sunny out. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I may not be able to see, but I could still be able to, like, I don't know, have some warmth and everything. <laughs> hey, breathe, you know. I mean, breathing might have been a problem that day, you know, because yeah. air quality. Yeah, do I really need it? <laughs> uh, just before the end of the half, the Blues could see a sloppy penalty, and Nova's number nine, Carter Berg, puts it away, equalizing it at 2-2. All right, so I got to tell the reason why we put down the player who scored the penalty. I got to talk a second about Carter Berg. Floor is yours. Um, uh, go ahead and use a naughty word here. Shithousery. <laughs> we at the DU Public House live for shithousery. Carter, right as the game start, looks right over at the Bay Boys, goes, 
7,000 and this is all you brought? And and then he goes, he goes, by the way, great poster, boys. And we're like, hey, we love you. Right, <laughs> right on, kid. That's a dig. Yeah. <laughs> and then, oh, yeah, we'd be prepared to do that one again. And then at halftime, after the penalty, he comes over and he goes, because everybody was screaming offsides. He was offsides. Yeah. The, the penalty shouldn't have been called. The player was offsides. And he goes, was I was I offsides? We were like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. You were you were definitely offsides. He goes, looks like I still put it in the back in the net, so I guess it doesn't really matter. <laughs> and he said it with a smile. So it wasn't like he was being rude. It was it was just friendly ribbing, and I was there for it. It's it like was I, brilliant. I hate it, but I love it at the same time. <laughs> It's like, you win. Yeah. Well done, sir. Well, <laughs> well, well done. Uh, then the second half starts and quickly score again. Mateus de Jesus with another nasty set piece strike. Uh, Blues up now 3-2 and the rain comes down even harder. Can I just say, and we made this joke on our Instagram and Twitter on the official Annapolis Blues uh, social media pages. Can't do it on a Wednesday night in a cold, rainy night in Fairfax. Yep. I don't care if it's stoked. If you can't do it on a cold, rainy night in Fairfax, you can't win a game. <laughs> <laughs> it was, oh, it was a nasty hit, too. He was about, because the first one he was, the one he had over the weekend was dead mm-hmm. center, looking right at the net. And it, still a great shot, yeah. but an easier setup. He was about... 25 yards out and to the right mm-hmm. and he was definitely wide of the post and he took it from one side to the other side to the upper 90s like a postage stamp i mean just laid it in there i think that was almost similar to the one he had like the free kick he had against in our last home match i think it was against uh grove i'm probably mm-hmm. if i'm not mistaken yeah that's the one i was talking about yeah, that yeah, was yeah. but he was more dead center for that one that's so true. a little bit of an easier setup uh it was definitely like a Amazing hit, uh, Mateus. That I think we got another streak going on. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, we'll be mentioned because that streak continued in the next game oh, too. Boy. <laughs> um, at this point, the official, honestly, he just lost the plot. Mm-hmm. This game started to get really, really out of hand. And what's even worse, uh, Jackson took a knock. And <clears throat> let's go ahead and I know you, Hiram, got to talk to him post match. And then after we listen to that, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about where that game started to go. Go for it. All right. So they asked us if we could do it in a cold, rainy night in Fairfax. What do you think about that? <laughs> I think we got it done. It's not It's not the performance that maybe we wanted. We had some ups and downs. But, um, but in the end, we got, to get, got it done. Yeah. And, um, you know, we got guys that are coming in, making a big impact. Um, TJ came in and gave us a lot of energy. We've got Liam even coming in at nine and giving us some energy. So it's good to see all those guys coming in. Uh, provide a little little energy we needed. Yeah, uh, especially with like, the physical bout that they were getting back and forth, as you saw, of course, with the tough battles and aerial duels and everything. Like, how do you think that mental toll, especially, put on you guys, especially trying to come back in this back and forth match? Um, you know, I think we played on Saturday, so we were a little a uh, little tired, but um, you know, that word is used a lot, and you know, we're gonna come out here and give our best regardless. Um, yeah, the game was physical, um, a lot of fouls, a little sloppy, it's wet out. Um, but, you know, regardless, we've got guys taking knocks. Elton's taking some knocks. We're getting hit all over the place, and guys are still fighting and working um, for the team. Uh, no one's getting getting upset with each other, and uh, I think it's a good good show of, like, the culture we have here, the team that's going to stick together and fight until the last whistle. So, Awesome, man. Well, congrats on the win, and hope you guys have a good win on Saturday, man. Thank you.
the rain started getting heavier at that point. Yeah. He, uh, Jackson himself was taken off for an injury, but it was initially because the ref was more concerned about the rip in his sock <laughs> on oh the pitch. Gosh. I believe you said uh, the official then became concerned on if your guys on the bench were wearing pennies or not. Like the little yellow. Uh, he was? Yeah, you you had said that to me after the match. You were like, yeah, he started complaining about our guys not wearing pennies on the bench. Like the center official. <laughs> and then and then he's one point gets a ball, stops from a, a free kick from happening, looks at the ball, kicks that ball off the field to want another ball. And it was just like, mate, are you going to worry about the actual match going on? Or are we just going to worry about all the superlatives around the match? And then to say he was inconsistent, <clears throat> I can take a referee calling a match one-sided poorly. Mm. Okay, that's where his brain is that day. That's fine. That's perfectly fine. You didn't know what he was going to call. There'd be a soft foul, and then there'd be a whistle. Mm -hmm. And then there'd be a hard foul, and then there wouldn't be a whistle. There'd be three fouls in a row by us, and there'd be no whistles. And then there'd be a foul by them, and there would be a and And it was vice versa. I felt sorry for the guys on the pitch, because now they're dealing with a ton of rain, a ton of wind. You're playing on a turf, so it's carpet, so you have no clue where the ball's going when it hits that way it just hits and skips and shoots and you have no idea where it's going and now you just have no idea what this ref is going to call and yeah. and he's a human being he's an adult he's a man he's trying to earn a living this is i get all of that yeah but you also it can be said if someone just bottles it he bottled it. it. There was just no consistency to the match at all at that point. I could have sworn there was a couple times where he was on the uh, towards like the bench side and there was like a ball that was called out of bounds. That ball did not go near the line once. I don't know how it was still called out, but for some reason he managed that. It was a, a couple of handball calls that was definitely missed, as you mentioned before. Mm -hmm. um, of course, the makeup calls and makeup calls and everything, but. I don't know. Like you said, he is human. Everyone has their own bias on certain things, but at the same time, it's like, okay, you kind of expect better in that situation. Right. It just it just seemed so inconsistent. Then by the 75th minute, Nova equalizes again, makes it three now, and then this match is up for grabs as both sides makes mistakes. Teams are capitalizing and and making taking advantage of situations, mm. but it's also because both teams are now it's it's sloppy. They're it's very. just not going well. And I'll say my opinion of the match at the end here, but it's getting really ugly. And I felt like a schmuck because we're there. I'm there with all the Bay Boys, and we're up three two. And I went. We need to get a fourth because if we don't, they're getting a third corner header goal. Literally, I'm saying 10 seconds after <laughs> I said that ball in the back of the net. Everybody just looked right at me. I was like, I don't want to tell you. Like, you could just you could see it was coming. It was they had so many chances by the second half. That was they clearly definitely made the opportunity there. And then I think with that third and final goal, like it was so much going on, especially with that, because it was uh ball and play. Great, great saves by Griffin that was happening at that time, but then it's also a block by I want to say uh, James. I think mm -hmm. he got a block on by like literally goal line, which is phenomenal. But then for the ball of ricochet back and forth, and I generally didn't even know who scored, but I saw the ball go in the back of the net. It's like, yeah. oh, okay, so 
three up now. All right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then finally in the 89th minute on another set piece, four for four on set pieces. Well, they had more set pieces than that, but four goals off of four set pieces. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jacob was not going to be denied ball into the middle. Big header puts it past four to three. Blues end up holding on for the win. And uh, you got to talk with Jacob after the match. Yeah, I did. I said this with Jackson again. No one can do it in a cold night on a Wednesday night on Fairfax. Like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> crazy win, crazy comeback, especially with a back and forth draw, especially with the late header that you got in the 89th minute. Like, tell me exactly how your thoughts and how that progressed for you. I mean, I just am really happy for the team. I think Coach told us coming in, it's like uh, Man City or Man U or Chelsea going to Luton Town next year. It's just like, it's one of those games where it's like the facility's not great. You go from playing in front of 72 to going to playing in front of 50 fans and majority were blues, which is great. Thank you to the Bay Boys for coming out. Um, it's really special for us, but it's one of those where you just have to dig it out. And we knew that from the start. And it's like we go up 2 0 up, they claw back, come to a 2 2, and then we go up, then they come back. And it's one of those ones where you just have to fight it out to the end. And the result fell our way. And it's uh, really exciting for us because now we gain a little bit more ground to the top of the table. Yeah, and I spoke to this about uh, the physicality within the game with Jackson. Like, especially I noticed like you kind of like limping towards the end of the uh, match and everything. Like, how are you feeling after that? Yeah, I have like a weak right ankle a little bit. Um, been working on trying to get it stronger and strengthen it back up. But uh, I got tackled, rolled it. And it was one of those things where it's like 3-3, three, three, 10 minutes left. I was just like, I got to just claw it out, just play for the team. I don't think I've done enough the past two weeks for the team. And uh, that really drove me, motivated me before this game. So I'm really excited to get the goal and, and get the win. Yeah, well, congrats on the win and hopefully the best for the future coming up soon. Man. Thank you so much. No problem. Good job, man. It's a quality joke, but damn, you're running it into the ground, aren't we there, kid? I don't care. We got a 4-3 <laughs> win. It was a cold night in Fairfax. <laughs> Show title. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say what I was going to say after we listen to coach, but I'm going to go ahead and say it now. This match was ugly. Yeah. It was absolutely ugly. It's one of those ones where you look at the end, and you go, all right, we got away with three points. We, we got, we got the win. That's good. Honestly, you would have walked away with a point and gone. And I felt like we could have done more. We were up to nothing at one point, but you just go, the elements were horrific. The officiating was let's say mediocre at best, mm. but at least, at least inconsistent. And you got away with a win. Just call it a day and be, and be fine with it. So uh, let's go ahead and hear what coach had to say. Coach, very physical battle against Northern Virginia United. Uh, pretty back and forth matches. Some difficult calls made by the ref tonight. But again, we got the win at the end. How do you thought? What are your thoughts on tonight's match? Always knew it was going to be a really difficult game. Another coach, uh, Brian Welsh really good coach so i knew they would be set up uh really well they'd be organized um, and that was the case but having said that we got off to a great start we're up to now playing some really good stuff and then we allow them to get back into the game we have a mistake that we make but then it's about how we react to that right so we stuck together uh go back into the game from that but then we make a second mistake i think it was a minute in injury time mm. at the half so then we have to regroup at halftime again. So two big moments of adversity. Second half, it's got a little bit of everything. We missed the PK, obviously, the first half as well. So we had to come through a lot tonight. Yeah. Uh, regardless of the referee, I, I tend to just focus on our performance and what happens within the game. But 
yeah, we we had to answer a lot of questions tonight, um, and we stood up and we done that. Oh, well, glad you guys got able to pull out the win again for four three against Northern Virginia. Very cold, physical night, especially with the tough battles. A couple of yellow cards seen by a couple of players, but uh, you can see like that adversity hasn't been shown for the team as well. Like I'm pretty sure you teach that though, the practice and the, keep that mentality to keep going, even though we might be falling back. Like, what are your thoughts about like how, how we just maintain that energy to keep pushing to go forward towards the win? So for us, it's just about maintaining a set and standard and practice uh, each and every day, and making sure that. Obviously, we're training at a certain tempo, uh, but then more so, I think it's just about the, the players and their mentality. Coaches that they've worked with at the youth level, the environments they're in collegiately, and to be fair, their upbringing and their background with their families, uh, it says a lot about them and who they are, because they they never say, never say die, good, uh, that type of attitude. So, again, that's another game where, where we were tested and... Uh, we came through it. Yeah, well, glad you guys came through and hope for more success in the future, coach. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, but wasn't in Fairfax. Because you said cold and rainy and physical to coach, but you did mention that it was also in Fairfax. So just, was it also in Fairfax? Uh, I think it was in Fairfax and George Mason University at the rack field, yes. Okay, very good. Just wanted to, just, just wanted to double check there. Just so we get the, all the schematics out of there. Might as well. Right. And um, as as the Jedi Master and your, my young Padawan, I would like to just go ahead and shoot back to two weeks ago when I, not as much as Mel made you spit out your beer during a sound check, but it was me that did do the... Uh, cold rainy night in stoke and you just took it and run with it you were like wait it's cold and it's rainy i think i could make a bit out of this i don't think you understand <laughs> it was a cold rainy night in fairfax oh my god brilliant absolutely brilliant all right and remember first day of summer moving on to saturday <laughs> nobody I mean, nobody wanted any of us to actually attend the match at Virginia Dream. Um, this was uh, a little hard to get to. They had the road closed to the high school, and then there was a big loop that went around it that was where the Falls Church um, Metro Rail is and the Virginia Tech uh, Northern Virginia campus was. Everything had gates. Yeah. Everything had chains. And I ended up having to go like around to the uh, through the loop de loo about five times and then finally got into the middle school parking lot and then walked like a half a mile to the stadium. You bring your hiking boots that day? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, needed to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and I have a heart problem right now. The old the old ticker, the chest was on fire. Jeez. Oh, I would just like Okay, well, this is what it's going to be. Now, I do think it is worth mentioning, as the teams came out for mm -hmm. their lineup, our kits are awesome. Yeah. Second best kits in the league, Virginia Dream. I heard they have... They're fire. I heard there's a very gorgeous... Like, <clears throat> is it like pink and white? Pink with a darker pink kind of almost checkered type pattern, like a window... Imagine like a window pane suit pattern. Yeah. Like that with white shorts with white socks. Would you say that the pink is, I know we're getting like sort of off topic, but would you say it's similar to like how the Everton kit pink was? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A paler, a paler pink. And they, it just looked good. And as uh, executive producer, Melissa would always say, it was a pleasing color palette <laughs> as the two sides faced each other. 
Dream offered something different that the Blues have not seen from a side. They pressured them and they pressured their back line hard. And frankly, for the first 15 minutes, the Dream had the bulk of the chances. Mm -hmm. Then by the 18th minute, the Blues get a penalty and our very own Jacob Morell drives it home and we are up 1-0. You know, nice to see him go ahead and get another. Wait, 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 wait. 24 minutes into the goal uh, in the game. We got another goal from Matias de Jesus with his third goal in three matches. Blues are now up 2-0. I know. Gosh, it's two free kicks and then one from open play. And at that point, you could kind of tell there was a little bit of uh, deflation from mm. from Dream because they... I think they felt like they were hard done. Like they come out and they'd really press the action. And we had a couple of fast breaks. Their keeper came up with a nice save. Then yeah. the keeper ended up fouling uh, uh, Justin Harris on one of the that led to the penalty that he scored on. And then they immediately give up that second goal. And you can just kind of tell it went down a little bit for them. But then as that started to go, <clears throat> match started to get a little bit tense. There was a little bit of a dust up with uh, Griffin and one of their forwards. Uh, both of them saw yellow for it. Mm. Griffin went up for a ball. Their guy went through him. Griffin jumped up and pushed him. You know, so it's deserved yellows on both, yeah. you know, pretty simple. But at that point, too, a lot of speed out of dream, like on the wings, they were really fast on both sides. They had one cat on one side of number 77. Mm was definitely faster than our outside guy. Now our guy made adjustments and was able to handle that. But Griff was called in action one time, a dead to rights one-on-one and just did a big hockey kick save, like spread, spread legs, stuck the leg out, knocked it wide, which is really good. And then go into halftime up to nothing. You got to love a guy who's six, five and in between the sticks. (laughs) (laughs) Just all arms and legs. (laughs) Just all arms and legs. The Blues came out in the second half, completely controlled the pace. Uh, soon coach subbed in Aiden Nabril, who quickly contributed to the 56th minute with the goal. But it was a deflection and therefore determined as an own goal. But the impact was definitely there, though. Yeah, boo, should have been a goal. Yeah. It was on target. It got redirected. Normally, if it's on target and gets redirected, it's a goal. If it's off target, gets redirected, it's an own goal. Or if it def- like it hits the post and hits the goalie and goes in, then it's an own goal. But that should have been a goal for him. Mm. Very funny, too, because after the match, I saw um, Gordon. And, um, you know, Gordon didn't score in this one. And I was like, Gordy, super sub gods aren't going to be happy with you. And Aiden's <laughs> walking right there next to him. He goes, that's all right. That's my job now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, brilliant. Boys. And it begins. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. And uh, at this point, this is where the midfield really, really started to take over. And it was really led by uh, by Francis Meyer. And uh, I got a chance to chat with him after the game because we also didn't talk about his goal. Big Sam here, Naptown Blues fan cast. We're here with uh, with Francis. Got the game. Got it. You got a, finally got a goal uh, in yeah, the I midweek. Did. Finally. Felt good. I I tell you, um, a lot of people overlook the very thankless work that a defensive midfielder has to do. Uh, Constant head on a swivel, kind of covering the whole field. Uh, You've pretty much played every single minute this whole seven days, too, haven't you? All three matches. Yeah, yeah, I have. It's, you know, it's it's definitely a grind, but it's, you know, seeing the fans and being with this group makes it all worth it. Excellent. Love it. Well, thank you very much for the time, man. Appreciate Appreciate it. it. Uh, there's a little saying, two-thirds of the earth is covered by water. Mm-hmm. The other third 
It's covered by Francis Meyer. (laughs) (laughs) Insert whatever defensive midfielder you know, but that is used by every team. I know at Everton, we would always say it's two thirds. The earth is covered by water. The other third is covered by a dress of gay. (laughs) Um, But it's but it's very true. So it's a little opportunity. Yes, he finally scored a goal. That's Mm -hmm. typically not a defensive midfielder's job. No. Their job is to literally quarterback the middle of the field. They are the one that's receiving the ball, especially with this team being the type of team that likes to play the ball on the ground out of the back. Mm. He's the he's the relief valve every single time. He's the one that the ball almost always comes to him and he has to distribute it out into play. His back is always to the guy coming on to him. Yeah. So he has to be, again, head on a swivel, thinking constantly, constantly moving, constantly supporting and backing up the center backs, while also still remembering to get up in enough of an offensive play to be able to get the ball to the right people. It just. And he played every single minute of the last three matches, like everyone got some time off the pitch. Him and Elton were the only two that played every single minute and just. Big, big shout out to him on that one. It was it was a tough, long week. And hey, kid, the effort does not go unnoticed. Oh, absolutely you know, not. there's people who catch what you're doing and you, <laughs> did, you had yourself one heck of a week. Yeah, uh, Francis, like like we mentioned in the past game, like he beautiful goal to start. Uh, but just uh, like you said, like having that presence in the midfield, like being that quarterback, like you said, just making sure like the midfield is also maintaining the possession, but also that back line is still not getting faltered and not having like being beat by the extra strike or anything like that too. Also, typically, normally a defensive midfielder, and there's no slight on any one size, but typically a lot of defensive midfielders tend to be smaller. Mm-hmm. They also tend to have to go into more tackles than anybody. That is true. <laughs> they are cracking people all over the pitch. But Francis, Francis definitely has like that uh, mentality that he's like, okay, if I see a ball, I'm definitely going to go for it. But luckily, like, I don't like the last game against uh, Northern Virginia where he saw yellow. There hasn't been any instances where he has like to put his whole body into it, but he still makes up for it by putting the effort for the uh, that next chance. The Blues put the match to bed in the 77th minute as Jacob Morrell gets another brace in back-to-back matches. Uh, the Blues seat out the rest of the match comfortably with a 4-0 win. Yep, there we go. I will say bef- before we get to uh, uh, Coach's remarks as well, the team, a little bit of an issue. This is my own personal opinion, and I know that the style of play that coach wants to play felt like sometimes they were trying to force the issue too much. Yeah. You know, it was just like trying to make a pass from all the way the back on defense all the way up to Jacob up top on the ground through the middle of the field. Mm. It may look open. That's getting intercepted making a ground pass from the left to the right side that's getting intercepted yeah. so it's like you, you kind of the frustration is you're sitting there in the stands you're like just kick one long just one just one just one ball long just one ball one one please just one keep oh, no. them honest you know <laughs> and in the second half there was a little bit more of that there was a little bit more of kind of spreading the field more because virginia was very content to go oh you want to play small ball we're going to close everything in and be right on you. So it was it made made for a tough match. But, you know, by the second half, 
it, it was honestly, it was all blues in the second half. They really put it to uh, who's supposed to be a very, very good team. And they did a really good job of that. Now, we got a chance to talk with uh, Martin Parker, the assistant coach after the match, because uh, coach, in his, I quote, wanted us to hear a different voice. Coach, big result. Happy with the uh, win today. Very happy. Yep. Excellent. I tell you, it seemed like they decided to come out with a little bit of a high block, and it's something you guys really haven't seen for most of these teams. Most teams sent, tend to hold back and let you have the action. How did the boys respond to that, you feel, at the start of the match? It was fine. You know, we don't really focus about the other opposition team. We just kind of focus on ourselves, and we always find a way to, you know, fix the problems, find solutions in the game. So, yeah, they, they showed us some good moments in the first half, but we did, we did a good job. Three matches in seven days. What do you take from this to the training pitch for the boys? Just the same message. You know, it's resiliency, hard work, determination. Keep playing to our identity and we just move on to the next one. Excellent. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Excuse my ignorance, <laughs> but um, are you sure that was the coach calling? <laughs> <laughs> you wanted a different voice, coach. <laughs> You bloody sound the same, mate. You're both Scottish. <laughs> Again, no disrespect. Uh, uh, was, excuse my English. It was just on brilliant. That. It was just brilliant. What a different. I want a different voice this time. Sure thing, Coach. Uh, yes, producer Mel. But did the second coach have the same dreamy blue eyes? Yeah, they were pretty dreamy eyes. <laughs> <laughs> now the uh, but the other fun fun part to that too was the hard hitting Q and A that we came out with right off the jump. Happy with the result? Yeah, I was happy. Boom! Nailed it! <laughs> Great questioning from my part. <laughs> do you sometimes want to look like an amateur? That is one way to do it. That is for <laughs> darn sure. But uh, as a whole, just kind of wrapping up this whole week is very good. And three very, very different matches for the Blues. You had a very comfortable win on Father's Day against Grove United. Then you had just flat out an ugly, ugly match mm. on Wednesday and then turn around and have a convincing win against a team that wasn't surprised by what you were doing. Like right. a lot of the teams we've watched so far, they go, all right, this is a possession-based team. We're going to sit back. We're going to let them have possession. This team went, oh, you want possession? Okay, we'll see how it feels when we're in your face and we try to take it away from you. So it was just very, a very full week and a very different week, all three matches together. Right. All right, so let's go ahead and check around the rest of the league. Wednesday night, Alexandria Reds and Virginia Dream drew 2-2. On Friday, Virginia Beach City FC beat Frederick FC. Or I'm sorry, FC Frederick. We always do that. <laughs> 2-1. And then on Saturday, a major upset. Mm. Grove City beat the Alexandria Reds 2-1. That now puts every single team in the table has got at least a win. Finally... We, as we're recording right now, uh, Northern Virginia United is host to Virginia Beach, Beach City FC and FC Frederick host Greenville United. So, Hiram, how's the table looking? Currently in the Mid-Atlantic Conference of the East uh, Region, the Blues sit atop at the table in first place with eight games win. Uh, seven wins, zero losses, and one draw. Currently sitting on 22 points with a goal forced of 30, goals allowed of 6, and a goal differential of 24. Coming behind us in second is Greenville United with seven games played. They have four wins, zero losses, and three draws at the time of recording. 
uh, with currently 15 points and 12 goals for us and only four allowed. That's actually impressive. Yeah, well, something to also keep an eye out for is we're not, don't just assume we're running away with first. No losses, three draws. Those three draws equal three points. You know, so we have a loss somewhere. They could easily jump us in the table on points. Absolutely. Coming in third is Alexandria Reds. We're currently seven games played, uh, three wins, two losses, and two draws. Currently on 11 points. They have 13 goals forced and 10 allowed with a goal differential of three. Fourth place is Virginia Dream FC with seven games played, two wins, two losses, and three draws with nine points on the table. With four, I'm sorry, 14 goals allowed, 12 forced, and a negative two of a goal differential. And fifth, we have Virginia Beach City FC. Uh, seven games played with one win, three draw, three draws, and three losses. With six points on the table, with six goals scored, and 15 allowed. With a negative nine goal differential. Grove United is in six with seven games played. One win, four losses, and two draws with five points on the table. Eight goals for 17 goals allowed, and negative nine on the table as well. Coming in seventh, you have Northern Virginia United with six games played. They have one win, four losses, and one tie currently on four points at the table with nine goals forced and 14 allowed with a negative five goal differential. And finally, in last place in eighth with FC Frederick with seven games played, they have one win, five losses, one draw, and have currently four points on the table with eight goals forced, 18 allowed, and a goal differential of negative 10. Wonderful. Uh, We would like to take a second real quick to recognize some charitable efforts that are going on with one of our babe boys, Luda. We received the email from Luda stating in early morning of February 24th, 2022, Russia launched a war against the sovereign country of Ukraine and the brave people of Ukraine have been fiercely fighting for their freedom ever since. I couldn't stand by idly and knew I had to do something about my beautiful homeland. This fundraiser supports an amazing organization called United Help Ukraine. They have been providing aid to the fearless country in every area of need, medical supplies to food donations to helping families of wounded soldiers. They're an entirely volunteer-based organization and they need the help of a community to keep supporting Ukraine in their fight for the fundamental freedoms. Please consider donating this cause. Every little bit counts and no amount is too small. The link is gofundme.me slash 23C16CF9. We'll put the link up in the show as well for everybody. You always like to hear about the charitable organizations that are completely voluntary. That means every single penny you're donating is going to the charity that you want to help out. Now, uh, that's going to go ahead and wrap it up. Just a friendly reminder. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. This has been a DU Public House production. Remember, if you can't do it in a cold, rainy night in Fairfax, (laughs) don't talk to us. Out the blues. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at Nattown Blues Pod and at the Naples Blues to follow the club. Till next week, everybody. Out the blues!